you are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 34. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm having so much fun with my back-to-school webinar. If you missed it, it is not too late. You can still sign up and watch it. I'm not sure if you watch it live or just the recording by the time this comes out, but you can still see it. It's so important, I think, because if we just live life on default, if <laughs> I think what will happen is, you know, come November, your life will be filled with errands and laundry and grocery shopping and just the same old stuff of taking care of the kids and kind of feeling the exact same way. And so I think it's so important to take some time to figure out what do I want and what would I like to be different by June? At the end of this year, how do I want to feel? What do I want to change? And really kind of be deliberate about it so that you can really be proud of yourself and feel like, wow, look what I accomplished this year. Like, I can't believe how much I've grown this year. So that's what I'm really hoping to create for moms. Now, I don't know what goal is right for you, but that's what the webinar will talk about. And I put together a nine-week coaching program, a back-to-school coaching program that's going to be about picking a goal and how to work towards that while it, so that it feels good, but helps you get the results that you want. Sometimes we set goals and then we're just like, oh, I'm such a loser because I didn't accomplish it. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We want to learn the process of how to make our lives better, how to create an amazing year for us. And then you can apply it to every year of your life. Once you learn the process of setting a goal and making it happen, but in a way that feels good to you so that you don't kind of self-sabotage your goal, like it's just opens up the world to you because you realize like, wow, I can really do anything. Like it's not just about, let's say you want to tame the chaos in your home. It's not just about organizing your home. It's building the meta skill for setting a goal and taking the steps to achieve it. So whether you want to transition from being a stay-at-home mom to going back to work, or you just want to get along better with your spouse, or you know you just want to make some new friends, like the goal could be whatever you want it to be. And we're just going to walk you through the process so that you can have the most amazing year because you deserve it, super moms. But today we are here to answer a question from Paula. Paula says. My 13-year-old daughter is driving me crazy. She lays around all day like a sloth, scrolling mindlessly on her phone. When I ask her to do something, she'll say, okay, but she never does it. I have arranged my life around these kids so they could have the best opportunities to succeed. When I see how unmotivated and ungrateful she is, I feel like I'm wasting my time or I have wasted my time. I'm very hardworking and responsible, and I just thought they would absorb my values. I feel disrespected when she lays on the couch, zones out, and ignores me. I'm worried my daughter will always be like this, and it's too late to teach her to be different. Paula. 
Okay, Paula. This might be up there as one of the most common complaints I hear from moms of teens. So I think what it boils down to is more of a generational culture clash than anything else. So I want you to picture a typical 50s mom who's, you know, like, I don't know, leave it to beaver. She's got the little dress on. She's wearing her lipstick. Her hair is all coiffed. She's got her apron on and her conservative husband who comes home from work and, you know, she brings him his evening cocktail and has dinner on the table, probably eating meatloaf. Okay, you got the picture? Now imagine that her teenage son starts wearing bell-bottom pants, floral shirts, and growing his hair long. Mom and dad start freaking out because of what they're making it mean about their child and about them. They feel embarrassed that they're raising a kid who's so disrespectful to their conservative values. They think that their child will be a loser who will never get a job because he doesn't understand the importance of showing respect to authority through civil and fashion obedience. (laughs) The teenager, he just thinks he's making a fashion choice and he's adapting to new cultural norms. So I think today we've got a culture clash between hardworking moms who demand a lot of themselves and think that I know the path to success, and it looks a lot like this. It looks like hard work, dedication, and not a lot of relaxation. And typically lazy teenagers who refuse to adapt to our stressed out ways. Now, we also have a problem with kids who do absorb perfectionistic values in our culture. They work their butts off in school, they stress out about SATs and AP classes, and they push themselves to be the best. These kids don't tend to bother us super mamas because we relate and it feels normal. Now, if the child's stress does bother you, then email me and let me know because that would be a good topic. But usually we don't recognize this is a problem until it threatens the mental or physical health of our kids. And then we're like, ooh, maybe they're a little too stressed out or they're smoking pot because it's the only way to relieve the anxiety from so much pressure on themselves. That's certainly an issue, but not the one we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about typically lazy teenagers who refuse to be stressed as stressed out as we are. Now, there have been times when I catch myself telling my teenager to try harder, work harder, live up to your potential, you know, grab life by the horn, seize the moment, do more, put yourself out there. In a nutshell, I'm telling my healthy, balanced teenager, can't you stress a little bit more so that I can feel like a better mom? I hope my kids think I'm crazy and disregard my fearful pleas. Because if they don't, I worry that all they hear me say is you aren't good enough as you are. And that is not what I want my kids to think. So the parent education answer for Paula's question, I think would be a good place to talk about normal adolescent behavior. Number one, verbal aggression, verbal jousting, and arguing. This is a sport to some teenagers. (laughs) They like to argue and verbally put us down 
as a way to separate from us, right? Like you're wrong, I'm right. They're trying to form their ego and their identity as separate from mom and dad. And so sometimes they do this by, you know, saying we don't know anything and then kind of insulting our intelligence. Totally normal, not super fun. Oh, actually, I just read this quote. I thought it was so funny. It said, arguing with a teenager is like wrestling a pig in mud. Sooner or later, you realize they're enjoying it. (laughs) So, okay, verbal aggression and arguing. Number two, difficulty tolerating the feeling of frustration. So this is typical for kids. They've got all these hormones going on. They're moody, they're cranky, and they just don't like kind of sticking to something and persevering when they get frustrated and they don't like to feel frustrated. And so they want to escape to their phones. Number three, normal adolescent behavior is withdrawal from family. So this can be physically, they don't want to be around you anymore. Physically, they want to start shutting their door, locking their door, spending time away from you. They don't want to go on vacations anymore or do fun things with you anymore in public. Sometimes this is very normal. But also they might emotionally distance themselves. They might not want hugs and cuddles or you to touch them, or they might not want to talk about their school day and what's going on for them and their friendships and all that. Totally normal as they increase their interest in peer relations. Now, peer relations are happening on cell phones these days a lot of the time, right? They're watching their peers on Snapchat or Instagram and seeing what are they wearing? What are they saying? What's normal? What's in? What's out? What's cool? So often we see them on their phones and we don't realize that they're actually connecting with their peers, which is developmentally normal. All right. Sleeping longer and harder with an increased appetite. Very normal. Uh, Impulse control, risk-taking, and susceptibility to peer pressure. That's why we, you know, worry about kids kind of making dumb mistakes and they very often do during the adolescent years because they don't really have those frontal lobes thinking things through and predicting the consequences of their actions. It's normal for teenagers to be concerned with their physical appearance, which again, we can see on cell phones where they're just like checking in to see, you know, what's cute, what's new, what outfits are in, watching makeup videos, whatever. Boys can do this too, though. Fighting for independence and testing limits, ignoring rules, arguing rules, and refusing to obey rules is very normal because they're trying to figure out, like, what do I believe? What is, you know, your thoughts, your values, your opinions, your beliefs versus mine? Uh, Quitting things they used to enjoy, also very normal. They're growing. They're becoming a different person. They're changing from a child to an adult, and sometimes they shed activities, or things they used to enjoy. Uh, Selfishness, very normal. Changing identity, so like kind of, you know, different gender identities, sexual identities, sociopolitical identities. You could have a Democrat one day, a Republican the next, a vegetarian the third, whatever. Totally normal. And mood swings. To Paula, I will say congratulations. It sounds like your 13-year-old has officially entered adolescence and is a typical teenager. Is it too late to teach her to be different? 
Kind of, yeah. She's absorbed your values. She totally has. She knows what you want for her. Now is the time for her to figure out what her values are and what she wants for herself. So the life coaching answer gets into what gets in our way from peacefully raising a typical teenager. Well, I think it comes down to three things. Probably more than that, but here's the top three. Number one, our ego. Number two, our expectations. And number three, futurizing and catastrophizing. So number one is our ego. When we see our kids laying around, scrolling their phones and appearing lazy, we make it mean that we have failed in our job as mom. This is about our ego. And this is one of the things I noticed too with my clients is that when we have tried to lay around ourselves, kick up our heels and just hang out and scroll on our phones, we can do that for a little while, but then this voice starts to come in and we beat ourselves up for it. Like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm being lazy. I need to get something done. I should be more productive. I should be blah, blah, blah. So we have this negative voice in our head that yells at us and kind of keeps us from having too much fun or enjoying too much relaxation. And we kind of want our kids to have this voice too. <laughs> but there are many countries around the world who would think that this is insanity, that the best and most important parts of life come when we are relaxed, hanging out and savoring moments of doing nothing. We want our teenagers to get busy, work hard and do something so that we can relax. We think we can't relax until everything is off our to-do list, including, you know, the kid taking out the garbage or emptying the dishwasher or doing her homework. But this is never going to happen. We will never check everything off our to-do list. So we've got to learn to relax and intersperse our life, our to-dos with relaxation time. It's possible that our teenagers are wiser and less susceptible to cultural insanity than we are. What if they are here to remind us of the importance of relaxation? So can you imagine for a minute that there's another lazy teenager somewhere in the world right now scrolling on her phone while laying on the couch? I can promise you there is, but let's just imagine it. Imagine that you see her mom in the kitchen and you think, wow, she is a really good mom. I really admire the things she's saying, the way she's doing it. In your mind's eye, what do you imagine a good mom would say and do while having a daughter laying on the couch? I want you to just picture that and notice that it is possible to be a good mom and have a lazy kid. In fact, you can be a good mom no matter what your teenager does or doesn't do. You are two separate people, and it's time to untangle our ego from their behavior. Because if we put our ability to feel like a good mom in the hands of a moody, <laughs> selfish teenager, chances are they're not going to do a very good job taking care of our ego. They're not going to make us feel very good. In fact, they might do they might do it just to annoy us. Like if we say like, you need to be constantly working or else I feel like a bad mom, 
then they might just lay around even more just to prove that they have their own thoughts and their own identity and help us separate. So number two thing that gets in our way from like peacefully raising a typical teenager is our expectations. So we can imagine there's a parent in the world who isn't bothered by their teenager having a lazy day, laying around, scrolling on their phone. It is possible. I think usually that happens when parents are good at giving themselves permission to do the same. If you sit around laying around scrolling through your phone and you don't beat yourself up for it, of course you're not going to beat up your kid for it. You see how this works? (laughs) When parents expect the teen years to be really dreadful, filled with sneaking out of the house, failing grades and back talking, and then they see their teenager lazily scrolling on the couch, they feel relieved. Might not bother them at all, right? So our expectations are so key here, whether we what we expect of ourselves and what we expect raising a teenager to be like. If your pediatrician told you that when your child turns 13, she's going to need lots of time to zone out on the phone, connect with her peers, lay around, get lots of physical and mental rest, and the best thing you could do as a mom is to encourage this sloth-like behavior. Bring her snacks, you know, invite her to lay down. You would feel like a successful parent if your pediatrician told you this because your expectations would be different and you would see yourself as a good mom. So the problem that we encounter is that we super moms have high expectations for our behavior and for our kids. We think they will slowly, gradually take on more responsibility, more confidence, and just become tall children that we're proud of. We forget, however, that no one is their best self at 13. No one self-actualizes and is confident and sure of themselves at 14. That The teen years are filled with insecurity and fear as they try to carve out an identity separate from mom and dad. It's hard to remember that adolescence is the most stressful time in a person's life. This is what psychologists say. We think we're stressed. (laughs) But according to the experts... Adolescence is the most stressful time. And all the dramatic physical, social, intellectual, emotional changes cause them to need more sleep, more mental rest, physical rest, emotional rest, and less pressure. So I want you to remember this, mamas. Under stress, we regress. And when moms can expect imperfection, it's easier to respect imperfection. Number three reason that gets in our way, you might have heard it in the question, there was some futurizing and catastrophizing in there. So when we see any negative behavior in our teens, we want to be on the lookout for our brain's favorite pastime, imagining a big, dark, and scary future. So in just this one little question that Paula asked at the top, I found three catastrophizing thoughts. Number one, she lays around all day. Okay, does she really? 
I'm sh- it sounds like it's still summertime where you are. The school hasn't started yet. But is there maybe an occasional potty break in there? Maybe she walks to stare at the pantry or leaves the refrigerator door open. But just notice how your thoughts, your brain wants to think she lays around all day. And when I ask her to do something, she never does it. Is it true that she never does it? Or does it just feel true? I've wasted my time. Wow. Like, can you imagine telling yourself that the last 13 years of your life raising children has been a waste of time? That's a pretty mean voice in your head. That's coming from a voice that loves to beat you up, not one to listen to or to believe. There's a couple futurizing thoughts in here too. My daughter will always be like this. If we were to listen to that mean voice in your head, the end of the sentence would probably be, and it's all my fault. I know it feels like we're blaming them, but always I feel like there's a subconscious layer that's like, you know, she's always going to be like this and it's my fault. Like I messed up or something. I just think we're too enmeshed with our kids a lot of the time. And and so we blame ourselves. I could be wrong. Uh, Another futurizing thought is it's too late to teach her to be different. Well, that might be true, (laughs) but it's coming from a voice in your head that really wants to throw you under the bus. It's that same voice that keeps you from joining her on the couch and saying, hey, yeah, let's kick up our heels and watch some TikToks. Like, teach me how to play Wordscapes or Brick Breaker. How to use that face swap filter again. Like, you absolutely could just sit down with her and hang out and chill. But it's hard because there's that voice in our head that says, it's a waste of time. I need to be productive. So you want to build a relationship with this mean voice in your head in order to be that kind of mom that sits down on the couch and chills out with your daughter. So notice that this voice is the one that won't let you rest. It wants to tell you what a bad mom you are and how your kids are losers and it's all your fault. It's got lots of high drama, this voice. And it's creating a lot of just unnecessary drama. It's keeping you from enjoying this stage of your life. Like, how can I enjoy raising imperfect, lazy, typical teenagers who are on their phone too much? That's a better question to ask. (laughs) So decide how you want to feel while raising these perfectly imperfect teenagers and get this main voice out of the driver's seat of your brain. It's going to come along with you, believe me, but it doesn't have to drive the car. Once you move this voice out of the way, you can remind yourself that this is a temporary phase in your teen's life and you can help her through it by being compassionate to the needs of her growing body, her growing mind, and her growing spirit. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is blame. All right, mamas. Blame is like cookies. It tastes good in the moment, but too much over time leaves us feeling a little sick. We get this temporary reprieve with blame, like, oh, it's her fault, it's not mine. You know, it's my husband's fault. (laughs) I just blame the mother-in-law. When we think the thought, if my kid would change, I could feel better, we get a temporary reprieve from that mean voice in our head that wants to beat us up, right? It's just like, okay, it's not my fault, it's her fault. 
We think it's not me, it's them. And we get a break. But over time, blaming someone else for our emotional upset leaves us feeling powerless and helpless to make a change. So thinking that my teenager's lazy, rude behavior is all my fault, that doesn't feel good either. So don't blame your teenager because you give away your power. But don't blame yourself either because that doesn't feel good. I'm just a terrible mom. It's all my fault. She's just like me. That doesn't move you to make change. So question the thoughts that are saying that her behavior is wrong or bad. Once you're feeling neutral about the behavior and have quieted your inner mean girl, then you can ask questions like, how am I contributing to her behavior? And what do I have the power to change? From blame, you just don't want to ask yourself anything. (laughs) Shift to curiosity, neutrality, and just really kind of ask these open-ended questions if you want to make a change. How am I contributing to her behavior? And what do I have the power here to change? Today's Supermom Power Boost is understanding your energy cycles. Now, Supermoms, this question is not asking how long can I relax before the mean voice in my head tells me that I'm lazy and wasting time. The question is, what are your natural energy cycles? Do you feel energized in the morning but drained in the afternoon? Do you feel tired after eating carbs and energized after yoga class? Having a compassionate understanding of your energy cycles will help you recognize you and your teen are different people. So help your teens get to know their natural energy cycles. Do they feel drained after being at school all day? Does it help them to get an energy boost, to feel energized, to, if they socialize after school? Does it help them feel energized if they nap after school or just be alone for a while and scroll on their phones? How many hours of social media can they enjoy before it starts to drain them? Most kids will be able to answer that question if they've had the opportunity to be, you know, all day on their phone. That they help them start to reflect on that. Are two back-to-back Netflix shows rejuvenating, but four of them are suppressing to my energy and draining? So ask your kids that question so that they can learn to get to know what energizes them and what drains them. When your child can get to know her energy cycles with compassionate curiosity and self-awareness, then she can make decisions that are right for her. When you can honor your own energy cycles, you'll find you have the power boost you need to help your daughter discover hers. Today's quote of the day, teen addiction to social media is a new extension of a typical human engagement. Their use of social media as their primary site of sociality is most often a byproduct of cultural dynamics that have nothing to do with technology, including parental restrictions and highly scheduled lives. Teens turn to and are obsessed with whichever environment allows them to connect to friends. Most teens aren't addicted to social media. If anything, they're addicted to each other. That was a quote from Dana Boyd, author of It's Complicated, The Social Lives of Networked Teens. Check it out if you are interested. And thank you so much for joining me today. Please share this podcast with your friends and invite them to join the webinar too, this back to school. Get a fresh start, 
new year, new you. Let's do it together. All right, take care and thanks so much for listening. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.